Football is back. It's time to start previewing the divisions. This is the NFL podcast from the full 10 yards. Hello, everyone. Cecil Martin here. Hey, this is Hunter Henry. What's up, man? This is Max Crosby, part of Raider Nation. Hey, this is Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Hey, it's Tyler Lockett of the Seattle Seahawks. Hey, this is Jerry Judah, wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, and you're listening to the 14-yard NFL podcast. Yes, football is back. We've had the Hall of Fame game already, so pre-season officially underway. Let's start looking at what all 32 teams have done during the off-season and how we rate their chances for the upcoming campaign. Over the course of the next few episodes, we will be going division by division to bring you our thoughts. Be doing that in the company of the regular lads for this year, so let's welcome them in. Steve, first and foremost, good evening, mate. How are you? Evening, chaps. Yeah, doing very well. It's uh, We're well and truly into training camp now. What are we, day 10, day, day 11 for most teams? Um, football is well and truly back. Pre-season games start this weekend. It's all very, very exciting. And I'm proud to report that Zach Hurts is still an eagle <laughs> and is apparently connecting well with Jalen Hurts in training camp. So I am all aboard the Zach Hurts train for him finishing his career in Philadelphia. It's getting it better and better every week. Getting better every week, this Duckhurts train. Josh, how are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. Uh, still still not exactly fully on the Zackerts uh, train for, <laughs> yeah, for the duration. But uh, good news for the Browns as well, though, despite a couple of little niggles in training over the last few days. But uh, overall, it's been a lot quieter the last week or so. So that's been nice. Just not yeah. running around like a headless chicken. Yeah, it certainly has gone a little bit quieter. Uh, big news, probably the Josh Allen contract. We're not going to touch on it, though, too much because we are just going to get straight into these divisional previews. Like I say, over the course of the next eight episodes, we'll be going division by division. We're going to start in the north and work our way around. and We'll start today in the NFC North. Um, and let's just take a quick look back at where we were this time last year. Well, not this time last year, but at the end of the season last year, the Packers ran away with it in the end, didn't they? 13-3. and three. Uh, the Bears eight and eight, but made the playoffs just about. The Vikings disappointing season seven and nine, and Detroit feels like the same old story at five and eleven, propping up the basement. Um, just very quickly, Josh, in terms of last year, like I say, the Packers, the obvious ones that sort of really raced away in the regular season, obviously fell apart in the postseason. Though um, they're the team that obviously has probably had the most chatter, I would say. During the off-season, not necessarily all for good reasons. Um, so let's start our focus on Green Bay. Just give us your thoughts around sort of where they've come from and what we're likely to see from them moving forward. Well, realistically, Green Bay, the, all the talk's been about whether or not Aaron Rodgers would uh, would stay, stay on, if he'd retire, if he'd end up getting traded. We heard very vocal, for, very, very vocal fans for all three, or none at all or if he should just host Jeopardy. Um, I enjoyed it all. Um, it was kind of the same old story for Green Bay, though, I thought, last season. You know, they they do incredibly well in their own division. They do incredibly well in the NFC. But choking the big moments. It was up for the taking last year, and they, they, didn't, um, they didn't take it. What's good for them, though, is that they're going to be taking 
a lot of the players that they had last year to go for another run. So, you know, you can easily see them doing pretty much as well as last year. You know, I, I don't think that any of us could deny that Green Bay look the odds-on favourite and then some for their own division and probably odds-on to get into the title game as well. Um, you know, they've probably got one or two, you know, big question mark games in that uh, in that regard. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't see too many issues for this Green Bay team now that Rodgers and Adams are back and settled for at least another year. I think I think what's going to be interesting to look at with Green Bay is this is it. This is the final mm. run. Like everything, the way that it's played out this off season, it now very much the all the language is this is Aaron Rodgers' last hurrah. And if it doesn't happen this year, all all lines sort of point to the exit. And I think whether or not he retires or he moves on, whatever, this feels like it's Aaron Rodgers' last roll of the dice in Green Bay. And so it, it, it makes you wonder if that pressure of it being his very last uh, run in Green Bay, will that be enough? And, and have they got enough to, you know, to... to to finally get back to the Super Bowl. It's criminal that Aaron Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl. Uh, I mean, it's criminal that he's only got one ring, let alone only been to one Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, the, the Green Bay is obviously a good side. They're obviously a good team. You know, there's other teams around the league. You look at maybe like like, like Seattle, where they've got that quarterback, the quarterback, but the team around them is not good enough. So the team is obviously good enough. They've been 13-3 two seasons in a row. Um, and I, I don't see anyone in the NFC North uh, you know, um, upseating them, but it's just whether or not they can. I don't know if they've got enough to go to the ball game again. Yeah, I mean, you're um, you're right in saying that. You know, it's it's their last dance, really. Oh. To to touch on from last week, you know, the the picture that Rogers and Adams put up is absolutely right. It's their last dance. It's all or nothing, all on the line. The thing is, is that Greenberg and people have me on this all the time for me having this opinion, but they're perennial bottlers. The reason why he's only got the one ring is that he chokes in the big moments. It's a typical Green Bay thing to do. It's, you, you know, you, you could probably replace place them with the Saints the last couple of years, for example, where it's just that one moment right at the end and it all falls apart. That's been Green Bay and the and Rogers for quite a while before then. I think people just forget and they focus on the numbers. But when you look back at it, you know, Green Bay should have had a, a, a host of rings over the last few years. And yeah. they and they can't even get to the dance. I know. Yeah. And then like you look at Rogers last year, he threw forty eight touchdowns and only five interceptions. Like if he's playing at that level, how are they not at least going to the Super Bowl, let alone winning it? You know. Yeah. So I I think this is their last roll of the dice. They've got, you know, they've just locked up Aaron Jones. So obviously the planning post Rogers has already begun. Um, will they go all the way? I would like to I, I hope so. The sort of the sort of the for the love of the game, I hope that he gets another ring. I would love for Rodgers to get another ring because I think he deserves it. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. That's up for debate, but it would be great to see him go there again. Will he do it? I, oof, I don't I can't know. see it. I just can't see it. I, 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 I don't even see him get into the title game this year. The NFC is slowly more stacked. It's yeah. slowly got back to being what it should be. I think this off season's definitely helped because there was a huge 
there, there, there is still a huge gap between the AFC and the NFC. You know, there are much bigger players in the AFC, but the NFC is not to be ignored. You know, you've got Tampa, Green Bay, and then probably, you know, you you then start looking, you know, Dallas are back in it all of a sudden. Into and pretty much and then the you got NFC all West of the well. NFC West. Yeah. So, you know, there is, you know, that there's definitely more question marks. And then you got to think about the fact that, you know, if it is his retirement year, for example, if it is his retirement year, then is it, you know, you know, does he have it left in it to have another year like he did last year? Because let's face exactly. it, he went balls out last year. You know, at, at his age to be able to do that consistently, is that something that we can count on? Yeah, it often does feel as though it's Aaron Rodgers' team and he has to do a lot of the work, as you say, played lights out the last few years. But if we're looking at other players on the roster, Steve, to look out for maybe a guy that you've got your eye on or on the flip side of that, a player that, you know, potentially, you know, is in the last chance saloon, who should we be looking for in uh, in Green Bay? Talk of the town in Green Bay, it's always difficult not to look at the wide receivers, isn't it? Um, You know, Aaron Rodgers seems to want to put enough pressure on them as it is. So I think guys like, you know, Devontae Adams is obviously Devontae Adams, so I'm not going to say him. But I think guys like uh, maybe Alan Lazard or maybe even Valdez Scantling, you know, they had decent years last year and they sort of contributed. But if Green Bay wants to make this run that we all just talked about and, and, and wants to get to the dance again, they have to have some more supporting cast members. They can't just rely on Rodgers and Adams to do it all. Um, you know, Rogers likes to throw his tight ends, so that that connection's there. But they need to get a bit more production out of their other wide receivers. You know, their wide receiver two, wide receiver three on the depth chart. So I would certainly say that the the wide receiver room. Not that I'm saying they had a bad year last year, but I think they just need to make that step up. You know, put themselves in the same conversation as like the Tampa Bay wide receiver room and that sort of production levels. Um, in terms of of hot seat. Um, uh, in terms of who's potentially, you know, needs to have a needs to have a good year, um, I would say, you know, uh, Aaron Jones has just got that big contract. You know, it's a lot of money they've just paid him. You know, they've they've, yeah. they've the Aaron Rodgers is obviously good through the air. That you know, everyone knows that. So he's got to prove himself and prove that that Green Bay can be a dual threat attack. You know, and he's got to prove that that. You know, he's worth all of that money they've just paid him. And so if he can have another good season like he did last year and not only be the the runner, but also be the pass catching uh, running back as well, like you need to be in the modern day NFL um, and justify that contract they've just given him. Then, yeah, I think I think, you know, pressure should is going to be on him to to not, you know, to be in the hot seat, so to speak. Yeah, difficult to disagree. I mean, there's a lot of noise about Randall Cobb coming back. We'll wait and see if that actually materialises into anything significant. Obviously, he's got a connection from previously, but, you know, he's certainly on the back nine of his career, to say the least. Um, You know, I think we can actually possibly all agree that that was a decent trade that the Texans pulled off there for a change, uh, getting Randall Cobb back to Green Bay. I know, strange (laughs) words to even utter in the same sentence, but there you go. so, yeah, like you say, Aaron Jones with plenty to prove. He's he's pretty much got a a two-year deal as much as it's a four-year. There's plenty of outs for Green Bay. But like you say, he's certainly going to want to be uh, proving that he's worthy of that big money that they've paid him. Let's move on to the team that finished second in the division last year. I said right at the outset, they kind of scraped into the playoffs in the end. The Chicago Bears at 8-8 eight eight actually had the second-worst record going into the playoffs last year, only worsened by the Washington football team, who obviously took the NFC East with a losing record. Um, so it felt as though they were up against it going into the playoffs, obviously got out 
went out first week in the wild card round. Um, but again, Steve, you know, let's just talk in general about uh, Chicago and what we feel about them. Um, the big off-season moves, probably in the draft and in free agency, were both at the quarterback position. Um, if they knew that the draft one was there, they may well not have made the free agency one, and we've kind of discussed that previously. Um, but certainly, you know, it's got fans excited, at least in terms of what potentially might be uh, about to happen in Chicago. Yeah, I think, um, Josh, you mentioned it a couple of weeks back, like Chicago are that team that have been like under the radar good for the last few seasons. And like there may be a couple of pieces away for certainly putting together like a, you know, a, a 10 and 6 or what would now be a 10 and 7 or an 11 and 6 record and actually being a contender in the NFC. And like, like you just mentioned, um, you know, the NFC is not as, as, as stacked as the AFC is. And so if you can get into that sort of 9 and 8, 10 and 7 category, you're certainly going to be in the playoff picture especially now there's seven teams from each each conference in the in the playoffs. So Chicago is certainly going to be one of those teams that's going to be looking to, to upset the apple cart. And, and you know, the, the talk of the NFC North is going to be, are any of the teams going to be good enough to, to upset uh, Green Bay and take the, take the NFC North title? I think if there's, realistically, if any of the three teams are going to do it, it's going to be Chicago. Um, I love the pickup of, um, of Justin Fields in the draft. I actually, from the limited tape that I watched, I actually thought that he was, you know, close to probably being the number two quarterback you know so i thought that he was he he's certainly a steal where they got him um and i think he's you know they've, they've put that piece together for for years to come in chicago it's just now can he piece it together and is he going to start as well are they going to give him the option to even start we've discussed that previously um you know and chicago managed to hold on to a few of their pieces you know we all thought alan robinson might go and he hasn't so you know they've still got star wide receiver power and and, and they've still got a, a pretty pretty prominent defense so you know, I'd say that the Chicago's got to be looking to improve on eight and eight. They can't have another like eight and nine or nine and eight season. You can't have finish on five hundred this this time around. But they've got to be looking to improve. And if they can also, you know, take a game against Green Bay in one of the divisional games and and actually, you know, put their foot down and 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 show themselves there, then then I think they could be in for a good season. But you know, things could very quickly unravel as well. And and like we discussed a couple of weeks back, you know, if 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 things aren't going well, if Andy Dalton does start and they're two weeks in and they're on two, then, you know, you do you, you throw a rookie in under the bus with all the pressure on him straight away. So, yeah, lots of questions in Chicago, despite the, the seemingly good offseason they've had. Someone is buying stock in Chicago, aren't they? Wow. Um, yeah, so I think Chicago's got a lot of questions this, um, this coming, this coming season, you know, Fields, does he start straight away? I don't think he'll start straight away just because of the you know the fact that they basically promised it to Dalton. So you're gonna probably give him at least three games before he ends up getting turfed out. But if you look at their first if you look at their first five, you know, so they start off away to where to, to the Rams, you could probably see that as a loss. Home to the Bengals. Now that will be a real a real show of strength. And I'd also want to see Dalton in that one just because of, you know, Dalton Bowl. It's got that written all over it. Um, then against the Browns away, it's a homer bet for me, but got to go with the Browns on that one, I think, just based off of the matchups there. Then home to Detroit. You know, you've you've got to go for the, for the Bears on that one. And then you've got um, the Raiders away as well, of which is going to be more of a 
I probably tend to trend down on them this year. Um, I know that I said practically the opposite a couple of weeks ago, but I did do a whole like playoff predictor thing today where I went through literally every team through the schedule. They've got some tough games. You know, they, they really do. They're, um, you know, they're facing the NFC West as their main division. Um, they also have, have to play Tampa in there as well. And a couple of, you know, it's, I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to be in their schedule. Their schedule is one of the bigger ones out there. Um, I'm, and also most of their wins last year they, against the bigger teams was real upsets. You know, it was cases where they shouldn't have really have won, but they somehow did. They, they were an inflated five game team. I've got them at about seven wins just outside of the playoffs. You know, it's going to be between them and probably Arizona for who gets the seventh seed. Um, and the Vikings as well, but we'll come on to them. Um, you know, I see them in kind of that bubble, but I do see the Bears just outside, really. Yeah, it's like it, it, it's 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 such a difficult one, isn't it? I'm I'm certainly not saying that the you know the Bears are going to go all the way. I don't think they're there yet. Oh no, but... nor, nor am I saying that you are. Yeah, it's but I think I think they they it's it's well, I think when you finish eight and eight on. on would be nine and eight now you have to show progress especially when you trade away a first rounder to get a quarterback you yeah. have to show progress and you know they're not they weren't the team last year like a you know like a for example a Cincinnati where they've picked a quarterback and they're in a rebuilding phase and you know they're expected to go sort of three and 13 and four and 12 for a couple of seasons they're not like that and I think the Bears you know they've got some pieces around that they could certainly you know um go far i don't think they've got enough they might maybe win one playoff game you know i could see them getting to sort of nine or maybe 10 wins but like you said that roster that that not the roster that schedule is tough that's the problem when you finish second in a division you're going to get the tougher schedule and like you said nfc west is is a is is going to be a hell of a division again this year and having to to play predominantly those teams is is going to prove tough for chicago so yeah it could very much go either way they could we could be sitting here sitting here in four months time and chicago could be 11 and 6 or they could also be 6 and 11 you know it, it, I, yeah. I wouldn't like to call it either way um i think chicago's one to watch yeah i think just to sort of draw a line under this and and move on what my main question to anyone that's looking to maybe sort of gauge what their season's going to be like from the start if you've got a um, a harder schedule a team that's practically unchanged and with your quarterback being Andy Dalton to start the season does much change from a 500 season. That's, that's the one thing I look at with, if fields progresses, then yeah, absolutely. But that might be another year on, you know, I think that the bears are probably more than happy to use this year as a way to bleed him in because how it could be definitely more proactive for the bears to, you know, finish third, third this year get a simpler schedule next year and then you know spend a bit of money and go all out the year after you know they've they've got the pieces to be able to do that if they're thinking that sort of way strategically so yeah that's probably just one thing i'd keep in mind 
Yeah, the over-under sitting at seven and a half with the bookies. So, like you say, I think it's a team that everyone's struggling to really pin down. I think it could go one way or another. Um, like you yeah. say, some tough games in there. The only, of course, finishing second is they get uh, they get Tampa if they'd have uh, yeah. finished first exactly. in the division. They got the Saints. So, there, there you go. Yeah, um, that's what you get for finishing second, Chicago. Um, same question then, as I just posed previously about the Packers. Give me some players to watch out for, some players that really are... Um, on the hot seat in Chicago. Um, Josh, it's come to you for it this time. Yeah, sure. So mine's going to be David Montgomery in terms of the player to look out for. Um, You know, he had a thousand yard season last year. He's coming into his third year. So that means that money talks are going to start rolling around relatively quickly. Um, Obviously, running backs are starting to get paid again recently. So that will come in vogue around Christmas time, you imagine. You know, what a nice little Christmas present that could be for Montgomery, a nice bumper contract. But he'll have to do the same again. He'll have to break the four-digit um, four, four digit uh, marker. Um, you know, there's solid progression, but Nagy needs to run the ball more. You know, you had Mitch Trubisky and Nick Foles in there, and you kept going to the air when you have Montgomery standing right there just wanting the ball in his hands. Why? But no, I think they're going to lean on him a bit more, or at least they should, because I don't want Dalton to be throwing 40, 50 times a game. Um, And if he is reliable, then he'll get some cash. The Bears could get some points and they could get some wins. Um, On the hot seat, I'm going to cheat a little bit and I'm not going to go with a player, but I'm going to go with the coach. I'm going to go with Matt Nagy. We were talking about... um, I think it was last week or the week before we were talking about Zach Taylor sort of, you know, burning a little bit in terms of the hot seat that he's under. Nagy is under an even hotter seat because there is no progression in Chicago at the moment. They seem to, as you say, Steve, they seem to have all the pieces that they pretty much need in place, but they never improve and they never look like improving. And what's even worse than that, Joe Public doesn't see it either. And if Joe Public can't see it, then you've got no collateral whatsoever. So he needs to be able to turn this around. Like I say, run the ball a bit more, use use your strengths a bit, you know, just work on getting some better field position because your defense will bail you out if you can put them into good field position. How many times have we did we see the Bears in terrible field position last year? I felt like it was way too many. So, you know, better coaching required. And Nagy, if if he ends up in a five hundred season, then he's for the door. I, I don't see any other way. I'd even piggyback on that as well, and if we can even take it a step further and say Ryan Pace as well, because you yeah. know he seems to have he seems to have bailed himself out by you know getting, getting keeping his job for another year by trading up for a for a quarterback. You know, it's a sexy pick; it keeps him around for another year. And if he's gone that first round pick, they trade away. It doesn't matter. It's not you know he's not there to to, to have to worry about it anymore. So I'd say yeah, I'd say the the sort of the the front office in terms of the head coach and the GM of the of the Bears have got a. A pretty uh, a pretty warm seat right now, and if they start like you know we've discussed, if if Dalton starts and they're they're you know one and three or zero oh and four after four weeks, then that seat's going to start getting pretty warm pretty quick. Yeah, just a tad. Yeah, I don't, I don't disagree, and I think that's that's why I would suggest that Justin Fields does see the field sooner rather than later. I think they're going to want to cash in on that pick, and hopefully that's the pick that. Um, if you like, extends their lifespan and then obviously cools that seat for them. Um, you know, they potentially 
could try and convince people, even with a similar record, if the play is more exciting and the offence is certainly sort of scoring more, um, particularly if they end the season better than they started because Fields is showing progression. Um, you know, that could be the thing that keeps them around um, for a little bit longer. So, interesting team, Chicago. Like I say, 8 8 last year, difficult team to sort of, you know, predict whether they're going to be um, any better or any worse. Um, and like I say, the over under seating at 7.5 obviously gives you sort of indication of where um, they sit. Uh, the team that finished third last year was the Minnesota Vikings, finished at seven and nine, uh, started off one and five, had a little bit of a mini revival, but then slumped again to end the season, including shipping that wonderful 52 points on Christmas Day. Many Christmas Vikings fans, what a what a way to end your Christmas Day, seeing Alvin Kamara run wild all over you. Um, so another team that, you know, again, difficult really to get a handle on, um, Steve, how do you see the Vikings going in 2021? I, 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 you know, it's, it's boring to say it, but so much of it depends on Kirk Cousins and whether or not he's he can, you know, put things together again. You know, they've they've got the 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 talent in Justin Jefferson and obviously Adam Thielen and, and the wide receiver cause there as as well as a talented running back in Dalvin Cook as well. But it's whether or not Kirk Cousins can can line it up and watch I. Cousins, for me, I don't think Cousins is all that good. He's a very middle-of-the-road quarterback. I don't think he was, uh, you know, uh, all of that good in terms of his, his contract. I don't think he's, he's that... He's not the type of player that's going to win you a Super Bowl, I don't think. And I think the best that Minnesota can hope for whilst he's under centre is, you know, is a, pl- a playoff berth, but that's about it. He doesn't strike me as someone that is, you know, is, is, is going to take them too much further than that. Um, you know, but that said, like you said, the, the, the addition of Jefferson last year, you know, we all saw the, the Vikings war room after the Eagles passed on Jefferson. They were, you know, absolutely beside themselves. And he, and he showed why, because he's an absolute talent talent and i think he went off the field injured yesterday so i think some some uh vikings fans are a bit nervous about that so who knows but um you know i think i think a lot of it is going to depend upon which kirk cousin shows up let's be brutal yeah and do we do we feel like the vikings got a little unlucky or underperformed last year you know i feel like the vikings have they've got this roster where I just expect more wins out of them, you know. I, I running through my running through my predictions today, and I'm I'm looking at Minnesota, and I'm just thinking, realistically, you've got the superstars there to make a you know a ten win run, but I can't give you more than about seven and a half. You know, I I don't know if it's just a lack of trust on Cousins, like you say, or if it's more. Or if it's more just to do with the other fundamentals, like I know that their lines aren't great on both sides of the ball, so you know that could be something to to be said. But um, yeah, it, it's weird that their roster's a lot sexier than their results. I, I, you look at their first four weeks of their season as well. Like they start at the Bengals, you know, you could probably put that in the win column, and then they go to Arizona. That's a tough game. And then mm. they play Seattle and then another tough game. Seattle's always tough with Russell Wilson. And then they and then they um play Cleveland. You know, yeah. they could quite easily be one and three after four weeks. Or they could also be three and one. Like, you know, it, it just yeah. They're they're very much there's there's so much parallels with Chicago, funnily enough. Like you yeah, just it's are. so it's so difficult to sort of 
put yourself on a side of the fence because with Minnesota, like I remember four years ago when, when the Eagles played them in the, in the NFC championship game and they just didn't show up. I mean, I know that was a different era and they had um, a different quarterback, but they were dreadful that game. And that's an NFC championship game. That should be like a shootout. Like it shouldn't be a 38, seven game. I think it was, and they were dreadful, but like I've also seen Minnesota teams that, you know, that Minnesota team beat the saints the week before and in the, you know, the, the final, the final play of the game, and they they stayed in the game till the end. So you just never know which which Minnesota team is going to show up. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, over under splitting at eight and a half as well. So again, similar conversation to what we had with the Bears. There isn't it difficult team to necessarily get a handle on, really. Um, you know, in, in terms of the answer to your question, Josh, were they unfortunate last year? Um, I think there's reasons behind it, to be honest. Um, if you look at some of the injuries that they had, some of the COVID opt-outs, you know, defensively they lost Daniel Hunter, Anthony Barr, uh, Michael Pierce, you know, pretty much all for a full season. Those three coming back will make a big difference on the defensive yeah, side of the point. ball. Um, you know, so it will be interesting to see what they they do. Um, they do particularly on that side of the ball. That's where Mike Zimmer's known for. Um, you know, and by his own accounts, I think he's his actual quote was something like, "This is the worst defense I've ever had." Um, you know, you don't often yeah. hear a coach saying that, do you? But for him to come out and say that publicly probably tells you just how bad it was. But like I said, those injuries I think would have had a massive impact. Can't believe I forgot that quote. That was one. Of, that was probably one of the best quotes of last season as well. And it's <laughs> one amazing. Of the, one of the most what, yeah, it's one of the most brutally honest. You don't see that normally in the NFL. And yet, nine months later, just completely out the head. Right. This is where I call on to you this time, Sean. So uh, give us your player to look out for and one that's uh, feeling a bit of a warm bum on the hot seat. Yeah, so I'm going to continue the theme of the defensive side. I think, you know, Steve's pretty, you know, much covered the offensive side. And like you say, the skill positions are pretty much where they need to be. You'd expect them all to have relatively good seasons. Um, so in terms of one to watch, I've actually gone for Patrick Peterson, um, veteran cornerback, obviously came into the league with a big reputation, played extremely well for a number of years, um, been a bit quieter the last couple of years. Um, still playing to a reasonable level, but certainly not necessarily at the all-pro level that he had been at previously. But the reason I've got him down as one to watch is it's, it's that Vikings secondary in the cornerback position in particular that really, really, really does need to have um, some leadership in there. They drafted two cornerbacks in the draft in 2020. Um, you know, Cam Dantzler showed some promise last year. He was a third-round selection. But obviously, the first-round pick, Jeff Gladney, had an awful rookie season um, and has obviously now been released from the team, um, obviously for off-field issues. Won't comment on those until they've played out legally. Um, but obviously, you know, we've seen many a player in the NFL get in trouble off the field and teams stick by them. For the Vikings to very quickly cut their losses is down to two reasons, isn't it? One, they've got a pretty good handle on what's going on and probably expect from a legal point of view that he's going to be in trouble. And if he's done what he's done, rightly so. Um, but I think also the fact that he's below par play when he was on the field, you know, it was also an opportunity to just sort of hold your hands up, say you've made a mistake and move on. Um, so they bring Patrick Peterson over. Um, Gladney and Mike Hughes were the two starting cornerbacks last year. Hughes has gone in free agency, so it's going to be two brand new starters. Um, and like I said, they they obviously do need um, you know to bring you know that 
that sort of leadership um, that he's had throughout his career. Um, like I say, he might not be the force that he once was, but he certainly, you know, hopefully brings um, a steadying presence to that room at the back end. Um, we've kind of already talked about Mike Zimmer. For me, he's another one that's pretty much on the hot seat. He does blow hot and cold. If I just look at his record in Minnesota, he's gone seven and nine, eleven and five, eight and eight, thirteen and three, eight, seven and one, ten and six. Last season, seven and nine. So in theory, winning season is next on the agenda. Um, but you know, you can't keep going like that, quite simply. You know, there needs to be a consistent level of performance. Um, I did say that, like I say, for me, there were plenty of reasons behind last year. I think missing those key pieces on the defence. You know, Anthony Barr went down in the second game of the season, so you can pretty much say, he, you know, he didn't really figure in the season at all. Um, Hunter, like I say, a big piece for them, missed the entire season. And, and like I say, Pierce on the defensive line, opting out through um, through COVID last year as well. So, it's, um, you know, for me, Mike Zimmer's, got to do something this year not just this year he's got to maintain it um we'll see if he's able to do that and i think offensively you know he's it's a player that's been talked about for a long time to potentially sort of break out if you like irv smith jr at tight end has got an opportunity here to actually sort of cement whether he is actually going to be a focal piece of the offense or not um you know he's one that you know now needs to take that opportunity after you know let's be honest probably not living up to expectations the last couple of years, what we call Rudolph out the building. Um, there's certainly a chance for him. So it'll be interesting to see if he does grasp it with, with both hands. Um, like I say, eight and five, the over-under, so a difficult team to predict. Um, but certainly, you know, it wouldn't be a surprise to see uh, the Vikings pushing towards the playoffs. Also, wouldn't be a surprise to see them heading towards the number one overall draft pick. Like I say, one of those teams is really, really difficult to get a handle on where they actually are. But I do think those skilled players will be enough to, to get them over the hump. And uh, Kirk Cousins, he's actually carrying the second biggest quarterback cap number this year, boys. Only Russell Wilson carries a bigger cap number. So whether we think he's any good or not, he better play as though he is because, yeah, that's a lot of money tied up in Kirk Cousins. Let's move on to the last team in the division then, the Detroit Lions. I said at the outset, it feels like the same old story, 5-11 and last year. Um, It feels like another rebuild. It always feels like a rebuild every couple of years, but the building blocks never really start to cement, unfortunately, if you are a Detroit fan. Um, But Josh, let's come to you to sort of open up the conversation on Detroit. Um, Obviously, Dan Campbell comes in, certainly like his attitude, um, but, you know, is it going to be enough, um, you know, to start to turn the the lines around? So... I'm going to open this up by being a bit of a homer here. Now, me and you are Browns fans for our sins. We know what a rebuilding team looks and sounds like. The Detroit Lions are sounding like the former Cleveland Browns right now. You know, there is, you know, all the talk, you know, especially around a head coach that, you know, throws in some gimmicky lines and all the rest of it. We've been here before. We've, We've been here before. We've heard it all. We've, We've loved it. We've hated it after he left because he didn't get the team doing what they were supposed to be doing. And we've believed in every project rebuild going. Um, I just think it's going to be a tough year or two for Detroit, really, Um, because they really have gone into rebuild mode. You know, you've gotten rid of Matt Stafford, who was pretty much the only person keeping the lights on in Ford Field, really. Uh, Kenny Golladay as well, 
you know you've just got you've got rid of the of of the one two connection there, and there is no one else really there to uh, to keep it going. You know the five wins that they got last year was you know remarkable to an extent. Um, you know they basically beat. I think they beat a couple of really good teams actually. I think they beat Washington with their defense. You know, with uh, Washington's defense there, and they were quite stingy. People talk about Washington being a bad team last year, but uh, they should have taken down Detroit. Um, but there was another one as well. I'm just trying to think of them now. Um, you know, Arizona. They beat Arizona early in the season as well. That's when people thought, oh, maybe it's not going to be such a such a bad time in uh, in Michigan, but it ended up being so. Um, you know, realistically. We we know it's going to be a bad time for Detroit. There's almost no no need to really dwell on this one too much. It's quite a simple in and out. Um, you know, Jared Goff. You know, you can bring Jared Goff in, sure, but he's not going to stick around for too long. I don't think. Um, you know, he's very much just there because they got some nice stuff in the trade, and Goff's going to have fun passing it to no one. Um, you know, I I see him as a free win team this year. And that's been well, look at it. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're hearing oof and generous. Let me let me roll you through um before their bye week, right? San Francisco at home, Green Bay away, Baltimore at home, the Bears who will at this point probably be one and two in Chicago, then Minnesota, who will probably be one and three in Minnesota. Bengals Lions at, at the Lions. Now that will be very much a case of who can you know stop a rot. Uh, then you're going all the way to LA to play the Rams. Good luck. Uh, and then you got the Eagles, of which you know I think the Eagles have got enough on the day. You'll be glad to hear, Steve. So uh, you know that's until their bye week. They could easily be zero and eight to start the season. And I think. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to say. I think that I think that the one the one place that I would give them a bit of credit is they they've they obviously they're in this rebuild, and I think Matt Patricia lasted longer than everyone thought he would, and I think they, they you know it, it surprised me that he lasted as long as he did. But obviously, it got to the point where it was like, right, well, we're just we're we're just going to let it go. This season's obviously a write off, but they've started well, like getting two first rounders and Jared Goff for Matt Stafford, who wanted out anyway, is you know is is an aging. Quarter. I'm not you know I'm not um, hitting on. And Stafford's uh, ability here is obviously a very good quarterback, but he wanted out of the building, and they were still able yeah. to get two firsts and Goff for him. That's a win for Detroit in my book. Like, you know, that's that's a hell of a trade. We've been here before. We've been here before. We've heard all that. Yes, having draft picks is excellent, but it means nothing on the field. Yeah, yeah, no, of course, absolutely. You know, you know like I say, it's going to be a couple of really rough years for Detroit, but after you- that. If if they if they invest well, then maybe it's all for the best. But it's going to be a rough couple of years. And I hate to pile in on Detroit. Unfortunately, they, they are going to be one of the. I think most people agree that they are going to be one of the worst teams in the league next year. You know, like after after Houston, you you're pretty much looking at, at Detroit next. That's probably yeah. one of the the general consensus teams. So I, I hate to pile in, but you look at their depth chart and. 
there's not I don't really see anyone that stands out. You know, like most teams have got one or two like stars, you know, that you know, the name that you you get on the back of a shirt if you were a fan and you were buying a jersey. I look at that Detroit roster and I think I, I just don't know where where they Everyone's start. Everyone's getting like, source shirts. Everyone should just get sore jerseys because he's the only one that's gonna last in the building. And they're pretty much building their future on it. And also the wild celebration in the uh, in the war room. <laughs> The one thing I will say um, is I I do love the sore pick and I'm I'm from the school that if you want to start a rebuild and start you start in the trenches you always yes. start in the trenches and picking Saul it might not have been the sexy pick but it was the right pick and oh absolutely you, you know he's going to be the ne- the right tackle for the next ten years you know he's a, he's a, an athletic freak so you know that I love that pick and if they can now build on that with the, all these first rounders they've got over the next few years you know like you said it's going to be a long couple of years for Detroit but maybe in two years time when we're having this conversation it might not be so down on Detroit. After all this positivity, Steve, I can't wait to ask you the question then of who we should be looking forward to seeing if we are following the Detroit Lions. So it sounds as though you've got plenty that might be on the hot seat, but come on, find some positivity. Give us somebody that, you know, potentially, you know, he's one to look out for. (laughs) No, do you know what? I'm going to go for the tight end. TJ Hawkinson. I think yeah. he's a good player. I think, you know, I think he's, I think he is one of those, the very few diamonds in the rough in, in Detroit. Um, and I think they could, you know, uh, uh, if they can start by putting him in the offense and sort of centering it around him. Um, I think, you know, he's, he's certainly got a, a decent future in the NFL. Will he last in Detroit? Who knows? You know, if, if they're still this team in two years time, he might want out, but I think, I th- certainly think he's one of the few sort of positives to speak of in, in Detroit. Yeah, that's your jersey. Yeah, that's that's, exactly. your, that's that's your that's your jersey if you're buying for this year. I think definitely. Yeah. He's also your fantasy pick as well. Exactly. Yeah, and I think Jared Goff's going to go to him quite a lot. You know, they've, I, I, I like the uh, Amon Rasant Brown pick. I think uh, a lot of the college guys were quite high on him, and I forget him in the fourth round. I think he could, you know, he could prove to be something, something good for Detroit in, in maybe in years to come. Who knows? Um, but to, to flip it over, I know I've just sort of gone in on Detroit. But what I would say is that in terms of the hot seat, is it bad to say Jeff Akuda? After the year he had, and he considering he was the third overall pick in the 2020 draft, you know, if, if you're going to be the the third pick, that that comes with a lot of uh, of weight on your shoulders. And he did not have the season of the top cornerback and the top, you know, defensive back in the draft. He, you know, he did not look like that player. Um, and I think, you know, going into his sophomore season, obviously, you know, he was a rookie and it's in that that awful Detroit team. So, you know, you got to give him a bit of leeway. But, you know, like you said, like you just said, Josh, you know, having the picks is great. But if the picks don't don't equate to things on the field, then what was the point? So, you know, if if, if that's what the player is going to come out like, it's, it's always difficult to see in bad teams because, you know, it's difficult to pick out a good player in a bad team. Yeah. But I would say that he needs to needs to have a better year this year. Yeah, and they need to start picking up some wins at home, that's for sure. They only won one game at home all of last year. Um, you know, you look at the road yeah, schedule they've got this year. Josh, Josh has mentioned some of that. You know, they're away at Green Bay, away at Pittsburgh, away at Cleveland, away at Seattle, away at LA. Um, you do feel they're going to have to win a few games at home if they are to be competitive. The over-under sits at five. Um, you know, three sounds very harsh, I've got to say. Take um, the under. We'll wait and see. Take the oh, under. Sorry. 
I'll say take the over. We might have a separate side bet on that, Josh. Me and you <laughs> offline, we might have a side bet on that. But there's, um, there's a sandwich with that. There's, there's a sandwich yeah. bit in there somewhere. Yeah, we've just talked about two teams that we can't really get a handle on in the same division. Yet we seem pretty adamant that Detroit can't beat either of them. So you know, it seems a bit of a strange one. But anyway, we digress. That's um, a bit of a whistle stop tour for you of the NFC North. Like say, Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. It would be a mix of me fellas to not then give you the opportunity to tell us which order they finish in. That was the order they finished in last year. Packers, Bears, Vikings, Lions. Steve, what order are they finishing in this year? Oh, is it boring if I say the same? Yes, I, very boring. I, I, but you're going to you're going to say it anyway. But it is. I'm going to I'm going to say it anyway. But I think I feel like a lot of people would probably agree with me. I think Green Bay gets double digit wins again. Dare I say Chicago, I mean, a lot depends on, as we've just discussed, depends on Justin Fields, but they could get close to to double-digit wins. And then I think Detroit's obviously going to be the last team in the division. They, they'll be lucky if they get two or three wins. Uh, and then Minnesota will just be that third-place team, and I, I don't think they'll make the playoffs. And I think one thing I will say is, it, you know, Kirk Cousins could be... Could be uh, potentially looking for a new job next year, or at least, you know, on the way out. So, yeah, I'd say the same. Josh. Uh, so Green Bay, the obvious winner, uh, got them at around 12. Reckon they'll get to the divisional and then bum out. Uh, then I've got the Vikings in second. Only just, though, difference between the Vikings and the Bears is about half a game. I uh, think that the Vikings are on the outside of that wild card, that seventh seed, just about. Bears just a little bit under that. I think that you then you got to put Arizona in there as well. It's going to be messy. And then Detroit all the way down, like I said, with like the three, maybe four wins if uh, if if we're kind. On that on that topic, just quickly, how many wins do you think it takes in the NFC this year to get the wild card? In the NFC? Eight. Eight I, I, I I reckon that you could sneak in with eight and nine because of just I mean we'll talk about it obviously throughout like the next month, but yeah. I think that you've got really top heavy at, at the very top, yeah, and then you've got a lot of like teams that are very competitive against each other, and that mm. could drive down, and then you got to play AFC which is stacked. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm seeing that for the seventh. I mean, you could get you could have got. Um, didn't Washington did did Washington end up with a losing record and still going for it? Yeah, I can see it again, and it just being for a wild card spot. You know, I could see that eight and nine. Yeah, because because effectively it's a five hundred season, isn't it? And five hundred yeah. and five hundred, you were on the outskirts of getting six seed. Yeah, back when all that was happening, so it wouldn't be beyond the realms of uh, of imagination. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see what numbers it comes out to with a 17-game uh, season. That's why these over-unders, you know, it's, it's difficult to get a handle on them first time round. Like I say, five wins in a normal season. They got five wins last year, so it, it's, you know, when I was talking about the Lions, it's difficult to gauge, you know, what that extra game will do to the over-under Lions over the course of, you know, this season into next. Just to finish off with my predictions, I'm going to book the trend, fellas. I'm going to completely book the trend. I think the Vikings will win the division. I think Ooh. all of the off-season stuff that's happened in Green Bay will have had an impact. Um, 
So I'm going to go Vikings to win the division. I think Green Bay get enough to get into the playoffs, don't get me wrong, but I do think um, there'll be a swap around at the top. So I'm going to go Vikings, Packers, then the Bears, and then I do think the Lions, but I think they will win more than the three games that you're giving them. So I think... How many uh, wins are you giving Minnesota? Minnesota? I reckon 12. 12. When they're playing at FC North. Oh. Well, this is what these divisional previews are all about, my friend. Maybe I have a different opinion to you, and I obviously do. And there you go, I've got it out there. Upset the apple cart. Kirk Cousins will be rubbing his hands all the way to the bank if he wins 12 games next season. Yeah, that's another six year contract and probably a billion guaranteed. What if he? Uh, what if he replaces Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay in 2022? No, let's let's talk about that another time. Let's talk about that another time. <laughs> that, that, that's a whole pod's worth, and maybe yeah, it sucks. We haven't got time for that. <laughs> we do not. We haven't got time for that, but you have got plenty of time to read at your leisure our NFL season guide for the 2021 season. You'll get some of our views as well as plenty of other full 10 yards contributors. 400 plus pages of in-depth roster previews, stats, fantasy, betting, rookie previews. I've got to say, massively proud of the work that we've all put together. Um, it's available now at full10yards.com forward slash shop. You can get a digital copy for $4.99, but if you use the code YARDS, you'll get a quid off that, so it'll be $3.99. And there are still a few of the original order of the physical copies to be had, and we announced this week that we're well on our way towards selling our initial order. If you do purchase one from the initial order, uh, we will be refunding two lucky people um, on Friday, the 20th of August, we're going to do that draw. So, yeah, in, extra incentive to get your copy early and get it in before the season does start. To those that I have already purchased, thank you very much. Look forward to hearing some of your reviews and feedback. It would mean the world to us. Like I said, a lot of stuff that uh, has gone into it and a lot of hard work. Um, and uh, like I say, those that have brought a physical copy, expect them through your door some point next week. They should be at full 10 yards towers um, by the end of this week. So, yeah, we will get them in the post to you guys and you can enjoy your physical copy. So, like I say, thanks ever so much for the support so far. Uh, please spread the word. Like I say, you will not find a more in-depth season guide for this price. So I'd absolutely recommend anybody picking up a copy, whether you're a seasoned veteran or you're a rookie. Give it a whirl. You will not be disappointed. Right, fellas, that completes the NFC North. We will be back later on in the week and we'll look at the AFC North. So I look forward to chatting some more ball with you two fellas then. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Keep everything tuned to All Things Full 10 Yards and we will speak to you again very, very soon. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Don't forget to find us on all our social channels, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. Head over to our website, full10yards.com, where you can find out more information about why we are hashtag for the game.